Welcome to the Nashville Vineyard Podcast. For more information, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Hey, good morning, Nashville Vineyard. Happy Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday, which is a big deal, especially as we're moving through the book of Acts and we're, we're using Acts as a, as a field guide for us, not just a historical document, as we've been saying this whole time. And as we come to this uh, chapter uh, this, this week, it's a really interesting chapter, uh, especially in regards uh, to what's been going on in, in the news over the past several days. I want us to, to go to the chapter here. It's in Acts again, just like every week. There's so much going on in this chapter, in chapter 21. A lot happens. Paul's making his way to Jerusalem. He's already been told that he's going to, to go to Jerusalem and it's not going to be pretty. He, he, he understands the risks. He understands what's, what's at stake and he continues to move towards uh, his destiny in Jerusalem. And as he's moving towards Jerusalem, he's encountering brothers and sisters that he's met, that he's loved along the way, and it's just this incredible moving picture. And he shows up in, in Jerusalem. He meets with the elders uh, in Jerusalem, James, uh, the brother of Jesus, uh, among them. And, and he's giving them an update on everything that's been going on. And, uh, and so they're, they're saying, that's wonderful. We're super excited just to let you know uh, there's there's people here who are a bit of upset with you uh, for what's going on, and they begin to explain to Paul how there are all of these racial um, divides that are happening in Jerusalem, uh, even amongst believers. There there are are people that are being divided, and and Paul is a lightning rod in in these debates, and and they're saying to Paul. Uh, and about Paul, listen, you're dividing us, you're causing all of these uh, these people uh, to come into this faith, uh, to come into Christianity that, that we wouldn't have, have allowed to come in. You're, you're telling them to do things that we wouldn't have let them do. And, and it sort of culminates, there's this giant riot that happens, and it culminates with this one little verse that I, th I think, I think the Holy Spirit's leading us, is what I think uh, in this series. And as I was preparing for, for this week, I'm, I'm in this verse, or I'm in this chapter, and it's, it's taken me throughout, you know, many different places. And, and this, just, this just sticks out to me because this is what everyone was so upset about. This is where it culminates. And this is eventually what happens with Paul. And Paul has, he gets, um, he gets charged, and then he says, well, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. We'll get there over the next couple of weeks. But here's their, here's their initial, this is what they're so upset about. Uh, and it's in verse 27, and it's 27, uh, well, we'll start at the beginning of the verse. It says, now when the seven days were almost ended, that's about something else, you can read it uh, there. But then it picks up, uh, it says this, the Jews from Asia, seeing him, Paul, in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, not in a good way, crying out, men of Israel, help. This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, the law, and this place, or in the temple. And furthermore, 
he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. Let's pray. Jesus, we need you. We need you more than ever. Holy Spirit, we ask that you guide this conversation uh, today. That you be with us. That you fill us with your presence even more. And Jesus, would you be king in our lives. And it's in your holy, mighty name we pray. Amen. So, the idea of Paul being harangued uh, in this temple setting amongst alleged followers of God based upon his uh, bringing in other races into the faith and, and essentially at the heart of this there was a, uh, a racial component to all of the different things that were going on and this is what was causing people to be so upset. I couldn't escape what's been going on uh, in the news. Uh, I couldn't escape uh, with this man that's been killed. Uh, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading us into a, a pretty significant moment. It's, it is Pentecost Sunday. And, and Pentecost Sunday is historically a, a time celebrated in the, in the Christian church as when, when the Holy Spirit was poured out uh, on the church and, and they were in the upper room. Jesus had ascended. He's told, he's told the followers uh, to go and wait. We know that there was around 120. We don't know how many were there. Um, specifically, they go to the upper room. They wait. They tarry on the Lord uh, because they don't know what else to do. And they're praying. And all of a sudden, on in what it says, and we'll read it in just a moment in Acts 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, which is a pretty pregnant uh, phrase there. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, uh, a rushing wind, something that sounded like a rushing wind, came and, and inside of, of this upper room, and and tongues of fire separated and, and set on each one's head, and they began to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Uh, and they began to preach and spill out into the streets and begin to proclaim all of the incredible things that Jesus had done. But but something interesting happens in this moment because Pentecost was actually, it's a, a celebration um, from from the people of Israel dating all the way back in Leviticus is when, when the holiday was established. And so during this holy week um, in Jerusalem, we had all of these foreigners coming into the city, all of these different races, different uh, different people groups, uh, different ethnicities, different languages. They were all gathered around in Jerusalem. It was a, it was a jam-packed time. And, and, and they had come all together to celebrate and observe this, this holy holiday of Pentecost. And so you had, you had a tremendous amount of diversity in the streets. And on Pentecost Sunday uh, in Acts 2, where the Holy Spirit was poured out, uh, you see this incredible thing that happens. And so we'll just go there, uh, Acts 2 here we'll just start in the beginning it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire one set upon each of them 
and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are all these not are these men not Galileans? Basically that meant aren't these people rednecks? And uh and so they said, Aren't these men Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And it goes through uh, this giant list uh, of men. And they began to see, uh, it says, we hear them, the, skip down to verse 11, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And what I want to speak to you for just a moment about uh, in this time is, is this idea of Pentecost. Pe Pentecost, and, and if you're if you follow anything that people are saying, a lot of people are believing that today the Lord is getting ready to, to pour out his spirit yet again uh, in a very mighty way. I, I believe that. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, and we're going to pray into that in just a moment. But what we see that happens here on this Pentecost in Acts 2 and, and the ones that we celebrate as, a, as Christians, what we see happening is actually the reversal of something that happened all the way back in Genesis 11 in a Bible story, if you think back to Sunday school um, that you may have heard of called the Tower of Babel. I don't know if you remember that, but um, we, we pick up in Genesis, uh, it's a Genesis 11. And in Genesis 11, we have this, uh, in my Bible, it says the Tower of Babel over it. And it says this in verse one, it says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Long story short, you can read it, Genesis chapter 11. What happens is the people come together, and they want to exalt themselves. They, they have one language, uh, one, um, one speech, and they build a tower. And, uh, and so the Lord actually comes down, and, and he confuses, mixes up the different language and people groups. And, and that's the way that the, the scriptures explain how we have all of the different uh, people groups and, and races uh, here on earth today. Here's what's interesting, okay? In Genesis 11, we have this story. And it says that they had the same language and the same speech. Now, those are two different Hebrew words. One means speech, like language, and one actually means body parts. Like, like they looked the same. They, they were very similar. It was a very homogenous group of people. And they came together, but they came together in an unholy way. They came together in order to, to again, just like in the garden, become God, like God. And so we have this division that takes place. And then fast forward all the way into Acts 2, after Jesus has has come, he's demonstrated the kingdom, he's liberated the captives, he's, he's died on the cross, he's risen uh, from the grave, and then he's ascended uh, up, up to the throne room, sitting on his, his heavenly throne, uh, and he's interceding on our behalf, he sends the Holy Spirit, his spirit, 
And in Acts 2, we have this incredible outpouring of his spirit that comes and it fills for the first time. It fills, not just rests on people, but it fills them all up. And they begin to speak in these holy, God-given tongues. And it drives them out into this incredibly diverse landscape, into this incredibly divided landscape. And the Holy Spirit of God begins to speak through their mouths something that connects and brings everyone back together. Pentecost is the reversal of Babel. And so as we're here on today, on Pentecost, and, and we're, we're praying for an outpouring, we're, we're, we're yearning for an outpouring, we, we want more of the Holy Spirit. I mean, here we are gathered in houses, most of us, gathered in homes, just like the, the apostles were in, in Acts 2. And, and we're gathered and we're awaiting the fire of God. And I believe the fire of God is going to fall. I believe it is going to fall on you even as you're watching this right now. But here's, here's what I want to talk, just, just press into just a little bit here. Here's, here's what an, an outpouring looks like. An outpouring of the Holy Spirit looks like a people filled with the Spirit of God, driven towards, driven towards a divided people. Driven and compelled towards people that are separated, divided, broken. And through the utterances that come up from the Holy Spirit, begin to speak words that pull the people back together. Someone once said, blessed are the peacemakers. That was Jesus. We're called to be people that reconcile. And you, you can't have this conversation without acknowledging everything that's going on this week. With this man who was brutally murdered. Another one, I feel like I just talked about this. And yeah, we want an outpouring. We want an outpouring of his spirit. I de I'm desperate for more of his presence in my life. But I think an outpouring begins to look like the church filled with the spirit of God, stepping into adversity, stepping into division, and begin to speak words that bring people back together, that bring people into the presence of God and into the presence of God, what we learn is that every one of us, black, white, all of us bear the image of our creator, of God. And when we begin to understand that, we can begin to see this unholy thing that is happening. We, we can begin to acknowledge and, and say, yeah, there, there's unbelievable racism that's that's being propagated right now there's unbelievable prejudice that's being propagated not just now but we're just now having cameras on our phones that gets to catch it and and at some time at some moment at somewhere hopefully uh, by the unction and the compelling of the holy spirit we begin to step into a place that puts ourselves between those that are being uh, perpetrated against and the perpetrators this is what jesus did when he, when he stepped in, you remember the story of, of the woman who was caught in adultery. He, he stepped in front of her as they were getting ready to, to hurl rocks. And he diffused the situation. And the people left. And the woman was saved. And this is what we're called to do. We're the church. 
and we step in the middle of things and, and we put ourselves at risk for people and we begin to to call for peace and justice. We begin to call for justice for people to to understand that yeah, I mean it's it's the world is still broken. Uh, Jesus hasn't returned. We're in the in-between time right now. Evil still runs afoot. Uh, all of this darkness is, is going. But you know what Jesus came to do? Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. And I'll tell you what. He then commissioned us to go do the same. He commissioned us to go and begin to destroy the works of the evil one. Now remember, our battle isn't against flesh and blood. We're not talking people here. But we are called to step into the fight. We're, we're called to, to put ourselves in between those that are being maligned and, and those that are doing the hurting and, and to begin to take the brunt of that. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what that's going to look like for you, but as a church, we need to, to at least be asking ourselves, what is our role in this? Uh, how do we how do we begin to 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 say not on our watch? I remember uh, before I got into this church planning thing. Some of you know me, um, some of you don't. I was in business and um, was in, was in the corporate world and uh, all of that sort of thing. And I remember hearing about for the first time. I, I had very little clue. I remember hearing about. Um, this this whole underbelly world uh, of sex trafficking uh, of different things that were going on and and I I just didn't I didn't have any idea about that I didn't know about it and I remember thinking like somebody's got to do something about this like some, somebody's got to put a stop to this and very gently I heard the Holy Spirit say yeah someone has to. And it was sort of my first push into this world of saying, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to take ownership. Maybe when we see uh, injustices that, that, that we see in our city, that, that we begin to see in our world, we, we think to ourselves, will somebody do something? And maybe, maybe the world's waiting on us to do it. Because see, we, we carry the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God spoken moves mountains, splits seas. It brings people together. And so maybe as we're sitting here and we're wondering, surely someone needs to do something. Maybe we need to begin to ask our questions. What, what, what should I do? And, and not ask our friends and, and not ask social media and not add to any more noise, but begin to pray and say, what, what do I need to do about this? You see, as a believer, you have authority. You have a call. Uh, you're backed by the most powerful force in existence, God himself. You're, you're a son and a daughter. And, and that means that part of our jobs as citizens of the kingdom, see, we're, we're not really citizens of this earth. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. And when we step into the earthly realm, like outside of this door, or outside of your house, or outside of wherever, as we step into that, we carry the weight and the authority of the kingdom of God. Our words have authority. 
Our actions have authority. Our prayers have authority. And maybe the world, maybe, is waiting. Is waiting for a people to begin to step up. To begin to, to come forward. To begin to say, you know, enough's enough. And begin to use their authority. And remember, not against flesh and blood, right? But against this, the rulers, the spirits, the principalities. This is all evil. That's all this says. It's just pure evil. And evil originates from the evil one. And our job is to destroy those works. Most of that happens on our knees. It also happens when we step in front of those that are hurling rocks. It also happens when we begin to say, not on our watch. It's just not on our watch anymore. I can't affect everything, but I can affect my neighborhood. I can be a better neighbor. I can be a better father. I can be a better husband. I can be a better pastor. I can be a better church member. I can be a better group uh, if wherever your, your physical church is located and say, listen, I, I, I can't control everything. I can't fix everything, but I'll tell you what I can do. I can use my God-given authority as a citizen of the kingdom, my God-given prophetic anointing, which you have. This was Joel's prophecy. This is, this is what uh, Moses longed for, that all of us would, would be able to be called prophets and prophesying. And, and let me tell you, that carries some significant weight. And so we begin to use that, that authority, that calling, that, that unction that's provided, that comes through the Holy Spirit, that comes through on a day like this, and when, when he begins to crash into us. And, and it's not just a spirit um, of love. It's not just a spirit uh, of feel-goods and tingles, but it's a baptism of fire. And we begin to have not just a fire in our heads or over our heads, but a fire in our belly to begin to see justice roll down like a mighty river. And we begin to say, not, not on our watch anymore. And I don't know about you, but that's where I'm at right now. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing this. I'm tired of feeling helpless. I'm tired of wishing there was something I can do. And I, I'm just going to begin to start pressing in like never before to the Holy Spirit to begin to say, how can we begin to see this come to an end? And my prayer for us today is that this be a Pentecost like the Pentecost in Acts, where we don't just become filled with the Holy Spirit and, and feel good and, and experience some tinglies and some warm and fuzzies and maybe speak in tongues, but we become filled with the Holy Spirit and with the baptism of fire. And that fire begins to roll up out of our bellies and through our mouths. And the words that we speak begin to slice through contention. They begin to slice through division. They begin to bring things back into order. They begin to carry the weight and the authority of the king. And so it's Pentecost Sunday. We're gathered in our homes. I'm going to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to, to pray, and, and if you could do this, could you hold out your hands like this? Just put them out in front of you, because we're wanting to receive, okay? We're wanting to receive something from the Lord. We're wanting to receive more from the Lord. And so let's do that. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come here where I'm at. You can pray this along. You don't have to pray it out loud, but you need to pray this with me. Would you come and would you begin to fill me up? Would I receive a baptism of your spirit and of fire? Would your Holy Spirit begin to envelop me? Would it begin to move in me? We give you everything we have. We want all that you have. 
We want everything that you have. We want the more, we want the more, we want the more. And may we be instruments used by you to, to roam the earth, devoted to destroying the works of the evil one. We just receive a baptism of fire and of power. In Jesus' name, may this Pentecost look so much like that Pentecost in Acts. Now, I encourage you to continue to pray that. I know some of you right now are experiencing, it's like, it's like you feel like you're on fire right now. I get it. Stay there. Keep pressing in. Some of you are not quite there yet. Continue to, to hold out your hands. Continue when this is over. Continue to, uh, to begin to uh, cry out to the Lord and say, Oh God, would you fill me more? This is the day that, that we celebrate, that we observe on that first filling. And unless you've experienced something like that, I'll just tell you there's more to experience. Unless you've been in a room and rushing wind comes in and tongues of fire on your head and it's compelled you to run towards the divided, the hurting, the broken, the lost, unless you've experienced that, there's plenty more for you to experience. And so why don't you just take the next 10 minutes when we shut off here to hold out your hands and to begin to cry out to the Lord and to begin to say, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. I want more. I just want more of what you're doing. I want more of who you are. I want more of your spirit because I'll tell you, the only way we're going to solve any of this stuff is through Jesus. The only way that we're going to, we're going to break down any strongholds that we're going to, we're going to overcome anything is through the power and the name of Jesus. Jesus. And without that, we're just going to continue to see this over and over again. So take some time today and say, more, Lord, give me more. Would you give me more? Would you give me more? And as he's doing that, I'll tell you, he's going to begin to show you things that you're going to need to repent of and lay down. He's going to say, I'd love to give you more. He loves to give you more, but you've got to lay down some things. And this is a day, this is a call to repentance. It's a call to lay prostrate before the Lord and to say more, more. Fill me up. Fill me up with more. We're praying right now. And, and as you're watching this, we're praying right now. And, and, and we're believing that the Holy Spirit is going to do a work in you and through you that is going to cause you to rise up and, and, to, and to experience a life like you've never experienced before. If you haven't even come close to experiencing this, this is a really good time for us to talk. And you can find out what, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does that look like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, we have new believers uh, classes uh, it's a sign up thing that's on our uh, Facebook page right now. You can sign up for that. And essentially, I'll just jump on a Zoom call. A couple other pastors will jump on a Zoom call with you. We'll talk you through this sort of thing, all of that. If you're sick, listen, one of the things the Holy Spirit does amongst everything else is he heals. And so we'll just, we'll just begin to pray. We've seen an incredible amount of healings. That sign up is on our uh, Facebook page as well. And uh, we look forward uh, to, to meeting with you this week in small groups, to meeting with you uh, throughout uh, this week through the different um, healing rooms and prayer rooms and, um, and discipleship rooms. And, uh, and, and we're, we're believing that this Pentecost is going to be a turning point in your life to begin to walk out and move in such a way uh, that the earth will never be the same. It will never be the same. And we'll see the, con the kingdom of God continue to come. Bless you. We look forward to seeing you uh, right back here again next week. For all upcoming events and more information about the Nashville Vineyard Church, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day.